0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, August 1st, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. A tax credit that's supposed to help develop housing units for low-income people looks an awful lot like a big subsidy to developers. And the housing units, some research indicates, many of them would exist anyway. Vanessa Brown Calder, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute, discusses this bipartisan giveaway. When I spoke with uh, former Catoite Mark Calabria about the home mortgage interest deduction, uh, of course the standard libertarian line on it is that it's basically a giveaway to uh, wealthy people. It um, encourages people to buy more house than they otherwise would and quite possibly put less down than they otherwise would and uh, encourages people to stay in debt. What... Is there, is there any relationship between mortgage interest uh, as a special giveaway to the middle class and this uh, low income housing tax credit?
1: Yeah, I would definitely bucket this in kind of the same category, which is that this is one of those subsidies that everybody kind of on both sides of the aisle comes together and loves together. So this may actually be something that has some possibility of getting done during this congressional session here. Um, it And that's kind of a result of a couple of things. One is that every state gets a piece of it. And it's allocated on a per capita basis. So basically everybody has their hand in the cookie jar. And then the other thing is that it has a large number of industries and special interests that generally would not actually be friendly with one another that – all are benefiting. So you have a coalition of developers, and lawyers, and construction companies, and financial intermediaries, and investors, and housing, affordable housing advocates, and anti-poverty advocates. And that's just not a natural friendship usually, but all of those groups like this subsidy because it helps them in some way. And so that kind of explains some of the program's political success over time.
0: What is the stated purpose?
1: Well, it is the government's largest um, affordable housing production program. So it's a supply-side subsidy for the economists out there. It's about a $9 billion program, and it is supposed to actually create new affordable housing. That is what it's supposed to do. Um, It's not necessarily extremely effective at that.
0: Okay, so who collects the subsidy?
1: Um, Developers do, but it has a very complex sort of allocation process. So we could spend probably an entire program talking about the complexities of the low-income housing tax credit program and how it's allocated. But basically, the IRS provides tax credits to housing finance um, authorities at the state level, and they dole that out to developers who then actually will turn around and sell the tax credits to investors or to banks who come back and provide the developer money to build their development project their housing project.
0: So if I'm a developer, I want to maximize this tax credit while maximizing my own profits and give I guess as as much as little lip service as I have to to the demands of the program itself.
1: Yeah, correct. That's exactly right. Um, and, you know, along with that, there's been – there. actually, this is one of the interesting programs where the academic research does not line up at all with kind of practitioners' feelings about it. So, as I mentioned, practitioners really love um, the low-income housing tax credit, LIHTC for short. But the academic research – talks about how this is really not an effective program along any important dimension other than to benefit developers and their investors. And um, you know, at most tenants capture maybe 24 percent of the total subsidy. So this is really not about helping the poor at the end of the day, but there are a lot of, again, special interest groups that really like it.
0: If as an economist, uh, would it be preferable? to go with a straight housing subsidy to individuals who are seeking affordable housing than it would be to give money to developers to build it.
1: Yes, it would. Um, Of course, developers don't like that idea because they like to be in control of the money. Um, But, you know, there's research out there, the Government Accountability Office, GAO, for instance, has done research that shows that LIHTC is 19 to 44% more expensive than housing voucher subsidies are on a per unit basis. So there's definitely cheaper ways of subsidizing housing that do not involve the subsidy.
0: What is the impact on actual housing units? I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, but developers are not building, strictly speaking, low-income housing while collecting that subsidy.
1: Yeah, so they are not. So basically, the the, um, subsidy requires you to either put 40% of units into your building that would uh, be available to people who have 60% of the area median income, or you have a choice of putting 20% of the units in the building towards people that are renters that will earn 50% or less of the area's median income. So you can choose one or the other, but I think what you're getting at is you want to know the real number of Um, units that are built, that are provided through this program. And that is actually a very hard question to answer. There's been a lot of research done on this. Now, if you talk to advocates of the program, they'll say, look at the, you know, however many X number of units that have been produced using the program. But the problem is that those units, that number, is actually not the true number of units that would be created. Um, So I guess let me make this a little more clear. The most recent study that I've seen, it's from 2010, says that nearly 100% of low-income housing tax credit development is actually offset just by a reduction in the number of newly built unsubsidized rental units. So In other words, the private market would have provided the vast majority of the units that are produced supposedly by LIHTC.
0: So the actual impact of the subsidy is pretty small given the price tag. Exactly. This sounds like a tax credit that uh, Donald Trump would really like, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right.
0: Of all the famous real estate developers I can think of, it seems like he would be the one to... Uh, try to take advantage of something like this as a developer?
1: Yeah, well, it's one of those interesting things where I don't know. I mean, there's many special interest groups for both parties, but one of the special interest groups that lines up uh, behind Republicans is generally the um, home building, National Association of Home Builders. Um, And so and National Association of Home Builders, I'm sure, likes LIHTC very much. So I'm sure that the same could be said for Donald Trump, if that's any indication.
0: Does the program encourage developers to engage in any behavior that they wouldn't already be doing?
1: Well, the academic research, as I mentioned, it doesn't – I mean there are – so it depends on which study you look at. But basically all studies say that there is some type of crowd out that happens of – units that would already be provided by the market by the private market. So as far as the true the genuine number of units that are provided through this program, it's hard to say, but somewhere between like 50% to 100% of units that are that look like they're provided by this program would have already been provided by the private market.
0: How likely is this to get through? It's a it's something that Republicans I mean ought to be opposed To it's cronyism, it's uh, giveaways to wealthy interests, Um, but you would also think that maybe Democrats might oppose the fact that it's going to those interest groups and not as a direct subsidy to people who are seeking housing.
1: Yeah, that doesn't seem to bother mm, anyone for some reason. Um, Senator Chuck Grassley is somebody who is a little bit more skeptical and he is on the Senate Finance Committee, but the Senate Finance Committee chair um, Senator Hatch, he has actually co-sponsored this bill to increase LITech by 50 percent, along with Senator Cantwell, who is a Democrat. So, um, I think that n- this is not going to run into a lot of pushback from either party, and they're quite optimistic that they can get this that they can get this done, even if they can't get other things done in Congress.
0: Vanessa Brown Calder is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.